It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Is everybody doing? <laughs> it's Wednesday, the 20th of April, 2022. This is the Arterburn radio transmission broadcasting in defiance of Luciferian lizards and the clown world order. Right here on 9:30 a.m. The answer, San Antonio, the um, <laughs> the home station of the Arterburn radio transmission. I, this is where it all began when we restarted the uh, the show in 2018. Uh, still on in San Antonio, still on Worldwide Christian Radio, still on WWCR, shortwave across the globe, and of course, uh, rockfin.com on the America Unplugged channel. And as I mentioned, every broadcast, it's the only place you're going to see the video feed for the Art of Burn Radio transmission, and that will stay that way indefinitely. So um, subscribe there and uh, follow us. Even if you're finding us on the podcast, go to Rockfin. All right, folks. Well, I, I picked out, um, t- to the best of my ability, a series of stories today to kind of, you know, just let's get the lay of the land, the northeast, west, and south of the news. We can do that together. This is a conversation. It's not a monologue. We might have a guest on. We might not. Uh, that's going to depend on his schedule. I'll, I'll tell you who it is if they show up in the back office. And if not, we'll just have a great show. Uh, I've got a, uh open phone line for... Anyone who wants to call, this is open for you. Uh, I might start doing this more on Wednesdays, too. It's 888-770-1776. You can call in and be a part of the show. You want to interject. You want to opine. You want to uh, bring your opinion to the show. You're welcome to. Or even ask me a question. Always very much welcome. Now, you guys know that war is my wheelhouse. It's something that I pay attention to. I pay attention to foreign policy. Um, and the reason I do is because the most evil, uh, the most dedicated uh, enemies to this country are inside our own defense apparatus. They control the levers of power. They put us on uh, trajectories for decline. They expose our military to needless, unconstitutional, unnecessary wars. Uh, they 
make us less safe. They erode our freedom. This is done by the military-industrial complex that was uh, brought up by Eisenhower on his way out the door, his uh, farewell speech in 1961. Beware of the military-industrial complex. Now, they've put us on a war footing in Ukraine, and they've been setting that up, teeing that up for decades. And uh, now they've got it uh, right where they want it. And, uh, of course, you know we, the American people, are suffering because of these sanctions that the Biden administration is throwing on Russia. Russia is saying the dollar is candy wrappers. Um, there's a, a great deal of, and we're going to get to this probably in the second half of the show. There's an article up, and I thought this lady nailed it, talking about the New World Order, talking about the possibility of a one-world currency and how this is all planned. It's all planned destruction of our economy, right? Starting with these disastrous foreign policy moves. We'll also talk about the border today. I haven't, uh, I haven't spent enough time on the border. I've been so worried about the great reset. So, uh, consumed by the greatest psychological operation of all time that we, that we're still going through. I think, uh, I haven't, uh, remembered how many days it was. I always keep up with whenever I host the David Knight show. I have to go back and say, how many days was it? I think it was 760-some-odd last time I hosted, but 770-some-odd days, I think, now of uh, the emergency uh, signed into, um, not into law, but the the emergency declaration signed by President Trump on uh, Friday the 13th of 2020. We're getting close to 800 days in. And uh, I've been consumed by that. And, you know, one of the reasons that I live in the Ozarks is because I attended the largest radio row in America on the border. It was the uh, Federation for Americans for Immigration Reform uh, Fair. They invited me out to D.C. in 2019. uh, And uh, we have this large radio row, all these commentators and bloggers and columnists and, you know, and cultures there. And I talked to Michelle Malkin and we have all these sheriffs and we're right down the street from the Capitol. And the majority of politicians just blew us off. And I remember getting back on the plane, heading back to San Antonio. And I thought, you know, I do believe that our, the farce that we've been led to believe that we have, you know, representation in Washington even with all of those, even with all of the media there, they were still able to just blow us off because they didn't care, and they voted the same week uh, to end the, the the emergency declaration that President Trump had signed uh, to to really bring focus and funding to the border for its own security. The senators that we were trying to interview, Republican by the way, uh, voted to end that emergency declaration, and it just kind of goes to show you. They never did anything about the lockdown emergency. They they left that in place, and uh, of course, Governor Abbott there in Texas leave he's he just re-upped his emergency. You know they know something that you do. They use these emergencies, right? This is what they. they this is all built into the system, and though you you might have the mask mandate drop, uh, but don't worry. They said not not at this time. You notice the language, like oh we don't. We won't enforce that at this time, talking about the TSA, but it all has to do with the emergency. So I've been focused on that, not focused on the border, but that is a big gaping 
<laughs> it's a it's a gap in what we haven't talked about because I want a border, not a new world order. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Some of the history of what we've done with our southern border. Before we do that, let's jump right into some foreign policy news. And you may have noticed if you're paying attention to Drudge, uh, Russia tests a nuclear capable ICBM as an intercontinental ballistic missile. Uh, as Putin warns enemies, it's food for thought. In a new message aimed at the West, Russia on Wednesday uh, test launched a new intercontinental ballistic missile, the Sarmat, according to Interfax, citing the Russian Defense Ministry. I think that somewhere along the storyline here, it's like uh, Drudge uh, linked is calling it the Satan missile. I'm not sure. <laughs> President Vladimir Putin said in a statement, which accompanied the announcement of the all-new Sarmat missile, will provide food for thought for those who try to threaten Russia. He congratulated the armed forces on the successful test launch. According to another uh, translation, he said, the Sarmat will make the madmen who attempt to threaten Russia think. Well, let's, uh, let's hope that the madmen think. I don't know. It seems to me that our leaders want desperately want war. Um, you know, if you were to have a formula that they could punch in, they're definitely doing that, right? They're they're giving the um, all the signals are are greenlit for a worldwide conflict. I talked to you um, on Friday, and that story from Zero Hedge, you know, that Wall Street analyst that's been at it for four decades or so, one of the the leading analysts saying that you need two years of storable food and that the West needs war to prop up the dollar. I don't disagree with that. I don't think that's sensational. I don't think that that's an all at all uh, on the fringe uh, of acceptable thinking. I mean, what other conclusions could you draw? I had uh, customers today, never met. They bought some silver from me, bought about 50 ounces of silver. And uh, we got, you know, I have to be careful. <laughs> I have to be, be careful. I don't want to expose normal people to my brain, you know, or to, 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 to this transmission without their, without their volunteering first. But anyway, they, they came across as somebody, you know, reasonable people. And, and then they, they finally said that, you know, our leaders are not stupid. They're very smart. They're calculating everything they're doing, putting on, putting us on this footing, uh, putting on this path for decline is on purpose. And I said, bingo, that's exactly right. If they were just stupid every once in a while, they would err in our favor to uh, to quote Gary Allen from None Dare Call a Conspiracy. But that is not what's going on, right? They're not stupid, folks. Yeah, they got Biden. He's not really in charge. You know, they got Kamala Harris. She's not really in charge either, right? The, the, maybe it's the Easter Bunny. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe it is the Easter Bunny. That's who we need to to uh, to get an oppressor. <laughs> That's who we need to contact to find out why are you guys, you know, putting sanctions on us, the American people. That's how a war always starts. Now, yeah, you got the, um, the NPCs and they've changed their programming and we're all in this together. You know, I'm for the current thing. Uh, and they're all looking at, you know, uh, how we can get involved in Ukraine, right? That's the, that's, that's the, that's the latest thing. But all of this is, going back to the sanctions on us, the American people, right? This is a, a war on us. You can look at the external war. They want to blame Russia, Putin's price hike, all that stuff that comes out of the mouth of 
somebody like Jen Psaki. But no, this is a war on us. It starts here. And uh, I fear that this war on us, this sanctioning of us, it's how you always soften up a target. You know, you go back to siege warfare, but they're softening uh, uh, the, well, the, the battlefield is being softened up uh, by sanctions first, and then hopefully not followed by actual war, but it looks that way. Yeah, this is another, this example of, of this test and showing the world the ICBM, you you guys have to realize the monumental failure that's baked into this, right? I mean, think of the generations that worked on the Cold War. Think of the the diplomacy that had to go into that. Think of the the energy, the time, the lives that were spent. Think of the, I mean, not just, look, the, the trillions that this country spent uh, to bring, you know, a, a, conclusion to the cold war from the 1950s until 1991 and all of that lost in months i mean literally we're just throwing things away throwing all of those moves away think about nixon uh meeting with brezhnev in the early 1970s coming up with salt the strategic arms limitation agreement think about that think about what they called detente and that led to, uh, you know, uh, the ties with China. That led to uh, a a weakening of the the monolithic communist bloc. You got to think about all that we've lost, what we've set on, uh, what we've allowed to transpire here with these leaders, just completely ditching all of that, driving Russia right into the arms of China. This is These are massive moves. These are massive shifts. That's why I brought it up. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to make sure – I'm going to go to the chat, too. I want to make sure that we're I'm, – I'm firing on all cylinders. We had a little bit of a tech glitch before I got going. Uh, yeah, see Joel Smith. Riley's in the chat. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to go over, like I said, foreign policy. We've got uh, – News on the border. Yesterday, Buchanan put out a uh, a piece I want to go over with you guys. This is Pat Buchanan. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So reads Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. Well, that's exactly right. We're supposed to have a government that protects our borders. And that's uh, that that should be really the the true test, right? We've uh, I, I told you the border explains a lot; it interprets a lot. You know, the border gives you proof uh, that the scamdemic is a plan, right? <laughs> it gives you proof that there is no such thing as an immediate threat of the the war on terror. Because if they, those things were true, then we'd have a border. None of those things are true. And they use the, they weaponize people. Let's re- read a little bit of uh, Pat's article. This came out yesterday, but an important piece. Historically, the constitutional duty to protect America's states against invasion has been the province of the United States of America, the chief executive, who today is Joe Biden. How did Joe Biden's predecessors do in discharging their duty to secure America's border? 
During the War of 1812, President James Madison assigned the defense of New Orleans against an uh, invading British army that had just burned the Capitol in the White House to General Andrew Jackson. On January 8th, 1815, Jackson crushed the battle-hardened and numerically superior British force that had invaded our country. In 1845, President James K. Polk sent an army to Texas to validate our claim to all the land north of the Rio Grande that had belonged to the Lone Star Republic when it seceded from Mexico in 1836 and joined the Union in 1845. President Andrew Johnson sent an army to Mexico uh, to the border to effect the removal of the French army and Paris-backed regime that had colonized Mexico while the Union was preoccupied with the Confederacy. And this is all resulting in success. I mean, the French departed, leaving behind the hapless Habsburg Empire, an emperor they had installed to face a firing squad. He also talks about Pancho Villa. You know, this is the, uh, prior to our entry into World War One. We sent troops down to crush that uh, rebellion by Pancho Villa. Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, he had one million illegal immigrants in his first term. He had them move, move from the United States into Mexico. He appointed his uh, friend from West Point, General Joseph Swing, to effect the removal. All these incidents involved America's southern border. Each of the presidents on that day took seriously their constitutional duty to defend the nation's borders against invasion, violent or nonviolent. And Pat Buchanan says, how did uh, Joe Biden discharge that obligation? <laughs> how did how did Joe how does Joe does Joe take the border seriously? Has any president in my lifetime taken it seriously? In Joe Biden's first year as president, some 1.7 million illegal immigrants were intercepted crossing into the United States. The monthly figure from fiscal year 2021 was exceeded by the March 2022 figure of 220,000 migrants crossing over into the USA. If sustained, this rate would translate into an invasion of 2.6 million people, predominantly young and predominantly male, in the fiscal year alone. They call them gotaways. Gotaways, those who breach our borders without ever being stopped and identified by Border Patrol or other authorities, are now estimated at 30,000 a month. Well, for those of you who might have paid attention uh, during Mr. Bush's war in Iraq. What's oh, Which Bush, Tony? Uh, the second one, W, the war on terror. Uh, there was, um, there was a, a memo drawn up by Rumsfeld, Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld, who believed that we could hold Iraq with 30,000 troops. So there's 30,000 30, a month uh, right there crossing our border. Uh, Biden is now planning to, in May, to lift Title 42, which requires the that unvaccinated migrants seeking entry at the border remain in Mexico. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, do you know there's a little tidbit in there about the how all of this fits together, and you can use the southern border of the United States to prove a lot of things. Right? You can prove uh, this government's lying to you. You can prove that the narrative is false. But you can also um, prove that these pharmaceutical companies do fear reprisal. They do fear lawsuits. They do fear being liable uh, for their products when they're pushing mandatory things like vaccinations because um, they don't require 
the migrants at the border to get any vax. You guys know that. And the reason is, is because a lot of the countries where they come from don't have the laws in place like we did in 1986 with Fauci and Reagan uh, pushing through that act where you cannot sue for any reason the manufacturers, uh, the uh, pharmaceutical companies of vaccines. They, you cannot sue them. You cannot, they're not liable. It's completely, they have a, we have a vaccine injury court, but these other countries, they don't have that. They didn't have Fauci to help out uh, get that passed. Most of these migrants still come from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, but a growing number now come from all over the world. They are of every race, nationality, culture, creed, and ethnicity, and they are steadily converting America from a first world Western nation into a predominantly third world country. Which is the point, right? This is the weaponization of people. I call them (laughs) weapons of mass immigration, right? These are mostly um, hardworking folks. I get that. A lot of people that just want to escape their poverty have a chance. Um, but they're being led here. They're being told to come here. Uh, and what other conclusion could you draw of the fact that, you know, even under the Trump administration, there was nobody sent back. Uh, it was, uh, capture, I guess, capture detain. I mean, it was basically, you had the military down on the border being Sherpas. They were just, escorting the people to a a center where they'd be uh, whisked away and put on a bus and taken to another facility and then told to have a court date. That's what happened to most people. And this has been, you know, you, you could, nobody cared to uh, uh, in our, you know, justice department or anywhere in the federal government cared to look into and source the income uh, for where all they get all those visa cards. Where do they get, you know, when they started sending them brochures and how to get access to money, you know, these were um, this was an uh, an operation to break the borders of the United States of America. But this is going on all over the world. These globalists trying to weaponize people and crash economies, crash voting systems, crash uh, cultures. This is what they do. This is the the, the chaos. Right, they want the order out of chaos, but they got to build the chaos as big as they could possibly get it. Let's see. Yeah, um, it says a, a move is afoot to impeach Biden for his failure to do his constitutional duty and defend the southern border of the United States from the invading millions of illegal immigrants. However, and I agree with Pat on this, but that would make impeachment the subject of a national debate, not the massive illegal migration and the changes it is producing in the character of our country. Well, see, that's the point. The Republicans are constantly talking about impeachment or some nonsense, but that has nothing to do, like all the problems that we face, and it would just be an endless fundraising event is all that it would be. Uh, And you wouldn't talk about the actual dereliction of duty. Uh, Biden goes on to say, or (laughs) Buchanan goes on to say, indeed, who stands first in line to secede and impeached and convicted Joe Biden? Kamala Harris. Biden, Biden's designee is an act of America's borders are. Yeah, don't forget that. Just behind Biden is Kamala Harris. So Pat brings up, I think, an interesting take on, I mean, our history is full of, you know, you can see the decline in America as we, um, 
start looking outward. Like, and that's, I think that shift really happening at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, really after the war with Spain and then going into world war one and two America became, especially it's ruling class became a, a, a mostly preoccupied with what's out there, what's beyond our borders. And then if eventually you get to the point where, I mean, like the, the first like four or five months I was on air in San Antonio, I was covering this. I mean, even under the Trump administration, the undersecretary of defense was asking Congress when they could leave the border. They, they wanted to be off of the Southern border. They wanted to maintain a more traditional role of American defense. What other role is there? But that's how these internationalists see. It. I mean, they see Ukraine as very important. The, the border of Ukraine, very important, right? We got to get those bio labs in there. We got to have Burisma functioning for you know anybody's son to <laughs> any of these politicians to to grift from. We got to have all the. We got to be able to have a, a coup to oust the democratically elected leader in 2014. We got to have a secure Ukraine. But don't worry. Uh, because we're not going to secure the borders of the United States of America. And there's a reason for that. The reason is, is because America is being dismantled, right? This is uh, an on-purpose controlled demolition of our society, of our culture, of our economy. And it's to make us look like a pitiful giant. I mean, when you, you have a great nation that's, you know, we're supposedly, we're the indispensable nation, you know, the last best hope on earth. And we went from winning World War II uh, to winning the Cold War to we can't secure our borders. We went from, you know, $5 trillion in debt at the beginning of 2001 to 20 years of warfare and $25 trillion more in debt. So a $30 trillion balance in 20 years and nothing to show for it. An absolute disaster. You can't really do that by accident. That has to be planned. And this is all part of it. And you look at what they're doing with the demographic bomb. You know, uh, the, the plan here is to completely overwhelm the system and then just normalize everybody. Right? They, they can't really do it with, illegal, with legal immigration. Legal immigration is about a million people a year. And those people come from mostly to the third world. It's not all, but it's mostly because of the Immigration Act of 1965. It's mostly uh, from Africa, from South America, and those countries, Asian countries of origin. And about and so of that million people that are here legally, this isn't counting the 30,000 a month and the probably 30, 35 million people that are already here illegally of that million people a year. Uh, about 800,000 of those uh, are going to be lockstep uh, voting for Democrats, regardless of the policy. It's just what they do. Uh, and this is, I mean, these are, these are facts. This isn't my opinion. This isn't like, uh, this isn't a partisan statement. And not that voting Republican would help all, all that much. Um, you know, Republicans will slow things down a little bit. Go, you go from going off the cliff at 120 miles an hour to 75. So that's, I mean, it, that's basically it. They're, they're hospice care conservatives, right? These, uh, uh, they're, they're not going to help. They're going to restore anything, but they might, might make you feel comfortable. So that's 800,000 people, new voters a year. So under Trump, right? Under Trump, we imported 4 million new people legally, not counting all the people at the border because the border was never secure. 
And you have people that are partisan. They're jumping around saying the border was secure under Trump. No, it wasn't. We never secured it. He never ordered it done. Uh, he didn't need the, the budget. He didn't need to raise the funds for it. He could have ordered the Pentagon to do it. And then anybody that didn't do it, he could have fired. He's the commander in chief. He said, well, we have a national security threat. He could have used any of the, any of the things that the people like George W. Bush have been telling us for many, many years about how, and Dick Cheney about how it could any, they could just sneak a, a, a suitcase nuke over the border. I mean, we don't know. ISIS could be down there. Hezbollah, all these, I mean, all these threats, the boogeyman, he could have used all those things, but he didn't. Right. So you look at that and you see, uh, the sheer numbers, 4 million people. So of that, what, 800,000 a year, new, new voting Democrats. This is what this is about. This is a, if you, if you had to put a plan together to take down the U.S., to completely dismantle the United States of America, you would start with this. I mean, just reverse engineer this. If you're a globalist and you wanted to um, bring, basically take the United States and do a hostile takeover and then break it up, kind of like what Mitt Romney does with companies. Like Mitt Romney is a, is a vulture capitalist, not a venture capitalist, he's a vulture capitalist that takes companies, breaks them up, takes the most profitable parts, moves them around, and then sells things off, right? That's what they come in, they swoop in. That's what they do. That's what has happened to the U.S. I mean, you got to think of the, the peak of U.S. power was probably the 1970s, right? And then that's right, right at the time we went off the gold standard, open China, trilateral commission, last trade surplus. And then everything has been very much downhill from there. So you see this reverse engineer and that, and that you have them taking our manufacturing power, our technology, and transferring that to China and, well, and elsewhere. But it was, it was over decades, right? And then you have to change the demographics. You have to get a uniparty. Now, you can play off, and every once in a while you can, I mean, because it doesn't really matter if there's a Republican, but what I'm telling you is they want a lockstep uniparty demographic wall, which they're building. And that means that no matter what, it's going to be locked. And you may think this is insane, but I ask you to take a look at look at California. California is very much blue. Can you make California red? No, you cannot. It's impossible. The reason is is because demography, demographics is destiny. How your de- your demography lines up is how your future will lo- will look. And they've done this in state after state after state. So once something, I mean, when I was a kid, Texas was blue. It was the old South blue dog Democrats. This is about 19, I think 1990s. We had Ann Richards and she was beaten by George W. Bush, right? He came in and he, he became governor. And that was a big sea change because Texas went from, you know, uh, and I say blue, I think that somewhere I think around that time is when the media said, Hey, we shouldn't call, I think Democrats were red. This is true. Democrats were red and, uh, the Republicans were blue, but they're like, that looks, we don't want to put red because red's the color of, of communism and socialism. So they switched it around. And now all, <laughs> all these Republicans are embracing their redness and they're like, Oh, red state. <laughs> Well, around that time, though, that's when it went uh, to the Republicans. But those type of switches, right, 
we see in the modern era, once something goes blue, it's not coming back because the new, the new blue, if you want to put it that, the new dominated democratic run policy is to have a demographic uh, firewall. You just can't penetrate it. You'd have to it take, it would take generations. That's why the rush here to get this going that way they can just always rely and, and look, you know, you, you could rely on lockdowns and mail-in ballots and all the stuff that we've seen. You could rely on that sort of corruption, but the real, the, the real uh, safeguard that they want is people. And that way they can just, you know, make America malleable <laughs> very much. So, all right. I'm going to go to the chat. I, like I said, the phone lines are open. If you guys want to call, it's 888-667-1836. We could do that one, or we could do 888-770-1776. I quote my number so much. I <laughs> That's the number for Wise Wolf. It's 888-770-1776. Oh, we got a few people in the chat room. I see uh, Tom Cooper's in there. Thank you for joining, Tom. I always appreciate your... Uh, your interjections and your comments. All right. So let me take us on a quick break. And then when I come back, I'll check everything. I'll see if our, our guest has joined us and uh, we'll be right back. Stand by. In a time of fake news, fake politicians and fake fiat currency, it's getting harder to find the genuine article. That's why when it comes to precious metals, I call the team I can trust. This is David Knight for my friends at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Proudly veteran-owned and operated, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange is your home for gold and silver coins, bullion, jewelry, and more. Prices and inventory are updated daily, so you get the most competitive possible pricing. And when it's time to sell your gold and silver items, they pay top dollar. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange also accepts and deals in Bitcoin. Call or text the owner, Tony Arterburn, today at 888-667-1836. That's 888-667-1836. Or just go to wisewolf.gold. From bullion to Bitcoin, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Broadcasting in defiance of the globalist, neocons, and new world order. This is the Artiburn Radio Transmission. on the subject of the border there was one more article I found uh, useful and that is um, on Yahoo it was kind of a this is a political question but 
very much in line with what we were discussing. It's can, can Texas declare a border invasion and return migrants to Mexico? This has to do with uh, Governor Abbott, Mr. Gregg. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is facing mounting pressure from a far right and former Trump administration officials to immediately declare a migrant invasion at the U.S. southern border under a constitutional provision that would allow local law enforcement and National Guard troops to stop migrants at the border and send them back to Mexico. The federal government was responsible for enforcement of immigration laws, but a pandemic rule that has blocked more than 1.7 million Migrants attempting to enter the U.S., Title 42, is scheduled to be lifted May 23rd. Well, so the reason this is important, and this is something you should pay attention to, uh, Greg Abbott will not do that, uh, one. He's shown no interest whatsoever in securing the border. You know, uh, if you've ever heard the interviews, by the way, I wear this green bracelet every single day. I've worn this since 2019. I have... uh, I don't know if this is the exact one I had or the first one I had, but I have. I asked uh, Sabrina Durden to send me this, and this is her son, Dominic Durden, who was killed by an illegal immigrant. And why that's so important, this is an angel mom, and I've interviewed angel dads, angel moms. And, you know, you look at people like Greg Abbott joking about uh, back in 2015 when he was just elected. Uh, about how the the Cowboys defensive line was more open than our southern border. Joking about that, you know, how we have holes in our southern border, how, you know, they're trafficking children, you know, and major narcotics and all these things. And and again, and weapons. And we don't know who because we don't secure our border. But it's a laughing matter to people like Greg Abbott. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's really pandered to his base, too. He says they're going to raise two hundred fifty million dollars to build a wall. Doesn't that sound familiar? W- weren't we supposed to get a wall? Wasn't that sp- wasn't that like a I forget who was that that was we're going to build this wall and all that. Well, Greg Abbott didn't spend. I don't know if he spent the two hundred fifty million, but he's he definitely spent three hundred million dollars to pay a firm in Frisco, Texas, to do contact tracing at the beginning of the scamdemic. So I I know that much, and I know what is going to happen here. Yes. And, and again, he has not only a right, but he has a duty to secure the border. If I was Greg Abbott, I would move my offices to the, to the Southern border. I would move everything, all resources, and we would just stop the problem. There wouldn't be any more angel moms or angel dads under my watch. That's what I would do, but I don't know Greg Abbott's heart. I don't understand why he would be such a coward. I don't understand why he would shirk his duties other than the fact that he's a triangulating politician that has no love whatsoever for the land that we call home, right? Because anybody of any character would secure the border. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Yeah, you'll have some people pressuring him. This will be a good talking point, but he'll never do that. He'll put people on buses to D.C., He'll send some people up to Washington, D.C. that were uh, apprehended at the border or detained as a political statement. And his coffers will fill up with money from people in the GOP and Republican donors for his next run. But make, make no mistake, he's just getting he's just getting you there a little slower. Right. The Republicans like Greg Abbott are making sure that you arrive at communism, but you arrive, you know, <laughs> safe and sound. You weren't jerked around too much. You, It wasn't a scary ride. It was nice and even. Well, again, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. 
Uh, definitely, he could do this, but he won't. All right, as promised, uh, we've got more news on the uh, impending financial hardships. I, I have to choose which ones to pull up. I think we could probably even do the rest of the show just on this one alone, and then I, I've, I've got a, a story that'll make you uh, give you a smile. I, I didn't, I didn't leave this entire thing in doom. <laughs> Again, we threw this, I threw the show together. I was supposed to have on a guest, but I, I told all of my audience, Hey, I'll be here at 6 PM central time, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays for the art of burn radio transmission. And I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, let's go, let's pull up this article and then I'll check the, check the chat. I'll make sure I'm not leaving anybody, uh, the, anybody that's in the chat room. And so we've got, um, a story here with, uh, natural news. And this is the globalist push for centralization of power amid worldwide economic decline. And I thought this article really just hit the nail on the head. Really is a a well-done piece. Uh, it says the globalists are taking advantage of an economic decline in many nations around the world to push their agenda of global centralization. And... Uh, I, by the way, I did pull up a picture of the, um, if I forget, you guys remind me in the chat, I, I actually pulled something up uh, before the show to to prove this author's point from an old article that was written back in 1988. So Eastern nations are now uh, seen to be open partnership with global banks, including China's special drawing rights, SDR, which has become entrenched as an economic advisor to Russia. There was also the inexplicable rush by the Chinese and Russian banks to buy up as much physical gold as possible. And the only reason for them to do so is to hedge it against inflation and currency collapse, specifically as a hedge against the collapse of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. The relationship between the East and the globalist has evolved into something else. Clearly, Russia and China have already been warned about the Great Reset and are now positioning themselves to survive the fallout. <laughs> that is exactly right. It says, the program to destroy the dollar and diminish the U.S. economy has been openly admitted by globalists for many years, with Rothschild-owned magazine The Economist admitting uh, to this as early as 1988 in an article titled Get Ready for World Currency. Yeah, that's the... Uh, I did pull the image up. Let's see if I, this is it here. There it is. Get ready for world currency. This is back from 1988, folks. I've seen that cover before. Yeah, the article mentioned that in 30 years, there would be a decline in the economic influence of the U.S. and the dollar, leading to the institution of a new currency, which will be backed by the International Monetary Fund. This agenda has been reiterated by global institutions over and over in the past few decades and is now being enacted through an engineered economic war between East and West. It's very important. You know, history doesn't really repeat. You know, Mark Twain said that it rhymes. So you really can't judge what's going on here by what's happened in the past necessarily. Because things are similar, but there's so many differences. You know, we talk about, you know, World War II history and the Cold War. Those are all, those days are gone. 
And you look at what's happened to this country, and it's, uh, again, I can find no other example of great powers. I mean, all great civilizations decline. All countries come to an end. Everything has an end game. Everything has a, a beginning and an end when it comes to our story. The, uh, the story of civilization, as Will Durant wrote about. But this is the only nation, the only great civilization that was put on a path for destruction and implosion by its own leaders brought down artificially. Like we didn't have, I mean, if you, if you go back and you look at where we were in the 1960s before uh, JFK was murdered uh, by the deep state in Dallas, Texas in 1963, if you look at that nation compared to where we are now, you look at all the things that transpired after that. It, if you if you look backwards and you think, if you kind of look and see what what would you have to do? Like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, if you were a globalist, if you were a new world order type, uh, what would you have to do to bring the United States to its knees? Uh, because you know you can't destroy it militarily. You can't take it on face to face. You can't, um, and of course. You know, in a an age of nuclear weapons, you're going to need a much more sophisticated war, and that's what this is. We talk about the the uh, immigration problem, the mass migrations, the the weaponization of people. You talk about moving our assets, moving our manufacturing, uh, untethering our currency from gold, um, make making room uh, for massive money printing, the likes of which has never been seen before. It really is uh, stunning, and again, there's no other uh, there's no other example in history of a country being brought down from within like that. This is the article, and of course, it mentions the uh, the thirty years. Let me see. I got to skip forward a little bit. Uh, an economic war might not be enough to undermine the U.S. to create a world economy with a one-world currency, which means the globalists would have to sabotage the economy from within. This could lead to the inevitable interest rate increase by the Federal Reserve. However, the Fed has created a scenario in which U.S. markets have become addicted to stimulus measures. Stock buybacks have been the main driver for U.S. stocks for years, and the buybacks are funded by these easy loans from the Fed. Yes, they are. See, that's why I've been talking about, too. Uh, companies are no longer, they're no longer tied to bottom line. They're not profit-driven. They're, they're dr- these multinational behemoths, these too-big-to-fail and too-big-to-jail corporations are tied uh, to the central bank, to the hip of the central bank. They, they care about their relationship, not with you, the customer, or what they bring to the marketplace so much as they care about how they can get uh, easy loans from the Fed. says so that if the Federal Reserve would ever hike rates, stocks and numerous sectors of the economy would crash. But if they wouldn't hike rates and stop asset purchases, then there would also be hyperinflation disasters. Either way, the American public will lose out and the globalists will get the crisis that they want. Instead of solving either problem with inflation or deflation, the Fed has already conjured a crisis that combines both a stagflationary crash. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the issue. It's really to get what they want, to get the environment uh, set. It's kind of like nine eleven. 
You know, you have to have this cataclysm. You have to ramp up the terror. You have to wrap, ramp up the uncertainty. You got to really drive the fear. And then they're going to provide that solution. They're going to create the problem. They're going to create the solution, right? The solution is a central bank digital currency. Right? The solution is more control uh, by the government. It's not their fault. They didn't do it. This is all, this is Putin's price hike, right? Or it's uh, all those, um, you know, pesky unvaccinated people, right? This is all, it, this is the small businesses. It, we, we really can't leave the economy to our small business. We have to make sure that only the big box chains can stay open. It talks about the BRICS nations, the BRICS, uh, the nations composed of Bra Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have since been creeping away from the U S dollar in response to the Western sanctions over the invasion of Ukraine, as well as the removal of Russia from the Swiss swift system this action however is focused on russian oil and gas exports russia now demands that anyone buying must also do so in rubles instead of dollars the ruble clause which is now known can stabilize the ruble by it's by the beginning of april one euro bought 85 rubles marking a slightly stronger exchange rate than before the start of the war as i told you the you know they this shift happened, right? This, this, the sanctions were put in, uh, all of a sudden there was this, you know, the, the ruble lost some of its standing. It went from like 79 rubles to make a dollar to like 120 to 140 sometime about three weeks into the war. And then they said, we're not taking dollars anymore. You got to convert your currency into either rubles or gold, or we'll take Bitcoin. They started selling their, uh, oil to the Chinese at a discounted rate. Same thing to to uh, to India, and now they've got to look. Things are stabilizing, and what's happening to us? We're we're paying you know record gas prices for our values. The mainstream media, however, uh, have completely ignored the implications of this tactic. Talking about the the Russians uh, not accepting, they call folks. They called the doll. They called the dollar candy wrappers. The official. The Russian government does not take dollars, period. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this means that uh, the Russian economy is not about to fold anytime soon, although the European Union, which is reliant on Russian oil and gas exports, is about to face an economic crisis. This is so important. I, I really think this is one of the biggest stories of my life, what has just happened. And the mainstream media isn't talking about it at all because it's not their wheelhouse. It's not what they're supposed to cheerlead for the war in Ukraine. But I'm telling you, uh, this transition uh, away from the petrodollar will mark, uh, I mean, you, you talk about a, a, a sea change. Right, you t you talk about historical uh, turnovers and what's I mean, this is is unlike anything we've ever seen, and it's only going to get stranger. All right, let me uh, jump to a couple more headlines. We'll do gold and silver prices. Let's do that. Let's jump over to gold and silver prices. Uh, I did look up and see what was happening with gold. Uh, gold prices rebound as the dollar takes a breather. This came out earlier on Yahoo Finance. Gold prices reversed higher. The dollars uh, dropped sharply as Treasury yields declined. 
Existing home sales also declined. Gold moved higher on Wednesday as the dollar reserve lower following Tuesday's robust housing starts data. Existing home sales declined to take the luster out of treasury yields. The yield differential moved in favor of the euro and yen putting uh, downward pressure on the greenback. Well, there's a lot of things putting downward pressure on the greenback, folks. And it's really our own doing. Uh, today, uh, gold, the yellow metal, 1,956 Luciferian Bankster notes make a troy ounce, 1,956 fiat Federal Reserve notes per troy ounce for the yellow metal, up $6.34 uh, since the opening of today's trading. Uh, silver, $25.16 per troy ounce. And I had a Twitter pulled up. I saw this profile. They followed me back to this is the. Uh, the Silver Institute, and I wanted to bring this to your attention as well. Uh, they put up their latest tweet, uh, came out three hours ago. This is uh, at, let me make sure I get this right, uh, Silver Institute. Demand for silver in 2021 rose across all sectors, uh, taking the annual total to 1.05 BOZ. This represents the highest total level since 2015. And of course, the the tweet is up. I'll I'll send up. I'll, I'll retweet this on my Twitter at Tony Arterburn. So if you follow the transmission, you'll be able to see that tweet. Uh, this is, I mean, I think in all sectors across the board, more and more demand of silver. I, I talked to one of my refiners uh, about a week ago. They were saying they were seven weeks out on one ounce generic silver rounds. And that's from um, that's a. Me- they buy silver from people. They buy, you know, sterling silver and melt it down and turn it into bullion. So you just wait, folks. You wait till like normal people start. Uh, I'm not the ones who, I mean, <laughs> I love my audience. You guys obviously aren't normal people, I don't think. Uh, you're looking for alternative media, alternative views. But when, you know, John Q. Public uh, starts looking around saying, hey, I don't, I, I'm getting wiped out here in the stock market. I'm going to convert my holdings into physical gold or physical silver, I'm not sure uh, that it will be there. All right, last story of the day. I told you I'd end on a good note. Uh, this is uh, New York Post. Owner of world's oldest living dog uh, shares secrets of this of the pooch's life. And it turns out uh, the old adage, adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is a lie. The dog's name, the dog's name is Toby Keith. Toby Keith the Chihuahua is already adjusting to celebrity life as the oldest living dog in the world, according to Guinness World Records. The longtime private citizen uh, canine uh, pranced into the spotlight after he celebrated his 21st birthday on January 9th. <laughs> this is, I got to bring up this picture of this guy. Chihuahuas, this is what beans is a Chihuahua. And you just know after you own it, have, have a Chihuahua in your life, or a Chihuahua mix. They just have this massive amount of personality. This is the average lifespan of a Chihuahua is between 12 to 18 years. And um, he was actually adopted. So he, he turned, this is, this is his owner. He says, when he turned 20, everyone's reaction was, wow. <laughs> now people can't believe how old he, how good he looks for his age and how old he is. Uh, she s- claims the secret to how uh, her now famous furry friend's long life is regular exercise, healthy genetics, and a diet of vegetables, rice, and chicken. Well, there you go. Uh, there's Toby Keith. <laughs> She's got him dressed up. Oh, he's a poor, he's a poor chihuahua. But he lived 21 years. He's the oldest dog in the world. 
Uh, he said he even has a heart condition, but uh, nothing is uh, his daily walks and cuddles can't overcome. That's pretty cool. Well, there's Toby Keith, the Chihuahua, 20, 21 years old. All right, folks. Well, we'll be back uh, Friday, the uh, Arterburn Radio transmission, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right here on Rockfin. I try to be somewhere around the 6 p.m. Central time. So if you want to join us, we really appreciate it. Uh, look to have the phone lines open again next time as well. We'll do the text line. Uh, I'll go to the chat and uh, we'll have a great show for Friday. I've got some stuff planned. Uh, so you guys are definitely going to want to be there. Follow the uh, podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can find the Art of Burn radio transmission. And of course, America Unplugged with uh, myself, uh, Billy Ray Valentine, and the legendary Don Jeffries on Saturdays, 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, right here on Rockfin, and you can subscribe to the uh, America Unplugged podcast as well because we've got uh, a lot of great stuff on there. So we'll see you next time, okay? You guys take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. End of transmit. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years, and I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it, I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer, I'm telling you this, if there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else, nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation and before long, evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then, we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.